Hi everyone, I'm Bev. I'm a partner at Within. This is my first time hosting a podcast for reimagining work from within. I'm really excited to be back on this side of the microphone as having hosted a few podcasts of my own in a prior life. And it's really awesome to be back in the, the podcast seat. So uh, today I'm really delighted to be hosting a conversation with Latonya Wilkins. Uh, Latonya is the best-selling author of Leading Below the Surface, which is a book on how to build real and psychologically self-relationships with people who are different from you. Uh, Latonya is also the founder of Change Coaches, and she spends all of her time thinking about how to inspire real change in the workplace. Uh, she's a wonderful individual who I got to know a couple of years ago and have just been really inspired by and continue to be supportive of the work that she and her team are doing to really help us to get to the next level with DEI in the workplace and how do we unlearn leadership styles and bring about a real meaningful change in terms of the way that we build workplaces that are welcoming, inclusive, and kind to everyone who comes to work every day. And that means it's more than just saying that you're checking off a list of things that relate to DEI, but you're actually living and breathing fair, equitable, and kind practices and behaviors and building those kinds of relationships in your workplace as a leader. So really looking forward to the contribution that Latonya will be making to our podcast and to help our listeners understand, in particular today, the connection between psychological safety and DEI. I also have my fellow partner, Jeff Melnick, around the table with us today, and he's going to be jumping in to share his thoughts about psychological safety and his experience that he's had. You know, when most of us started our careers, psychological safety wasn't even a thing. It wasn't something that we had identified as being important for us as leaders to be thinking about. And, you know, as we've started to see a new kind of leadership take place in the workplace and there's the demand for it by the people who work in those workplaces. The call to action for leaders is first of all to be creating different kinds of work environments and then to be doing the work on ourselves that allow us to create environments that are safe, that help people take risks, that help people feel like they can be creative without barriers and that they can truly be themselves in those workplaces. So Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Latonya. Uh, let's get to the conversation. Wow, this is feeling uh, like I've missed this excitement of getting a podcast recording started and having four people at the table is just a tad more challenging than just the one-on-one, -on -one, right, Latonya? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of disorganized, kind of chaotic, kind of like a party, right? Yep. It's like we're on Clubhouse, but actually have an audience. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do people still use Clubhouse? Come on. I don't know. I keep getting app updates from them with the new picture every time, which doesn't, of course, fit with anything on my home screen. And I'm like, are people still in here? Is the Clubhouse still working? Who are those people, by the way, in those photos? I don't know. Right? Random people chosen. This doesn't fit with any other icons on your phone. And you're like, what is this? Why There's do that. I have a new person? Yeah, so random. 
Well, I'm delighted to be hosting a podcast episode again. I've missed being behind the mic and it's great to be back and also great to be back chatting with Latonya Wilkins, who is the author of Leading Below the Surface, who is joining me here with partner at Within People, Jeff Melnick. And we're going to have a really lovely conversation about psychological safety and how it connects to and why it's so important when we're thinking about DEI in our workplaces and in our organizations and in our teams in particular. So welcome everyone. Thanks for being around the table here virtually with me. And yeah, just looking forward to this conversation and this time that we have together. So how are you both feeling today? What's going on in your respective worlds? Latanya? Hey, I can't complain. It's a sunny day in Chicago. I mean, we get like, what, three months of this? <laughs> three months <laughs> of good weather. So Bev, I know you don't know what that's like being being in San Diego, though. So, but <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie, the weather is not disappointing me. That's for sure. It, it's it's incredibly consistently amazing. Are you disappointed, <laughs> Bev? Are you thinking I've made the wrong choice? I've moved from the Pacific Northwest to the Sun Belt, and oh my goodness, what have I done? Yeah, well, it's so far so good, right? Two weeks in, I'll give you a report back in another couple. <laughs> She's born of the sun, everyone. I I woke up in beautiful, foggy San Francisco today. Very happy that I was not still in London as I just got back from London. And of course, it was 40 degrees in London this week, which if you've ever been in London when it's 20 degrees, you know that you don't want to be on the underground on a day like that. So big compassion and shout outs to our, our partners in London and our, and our clients in London, because I know they've had a hot one and thinking of all of our friends in Europe as they go through this time. Yeah. What a, what a summer. Yeah. It's, it's heating up. It's, you know, it's something that we are seeing more and more of. And yeah, it's just, you know, speaks to some of the pressing issues that we're facing in the world right now. It just, it just feels like there's, it's so tumultuous out there, you know, not least of which in, you know, the, the world of workplaces and things that are going on for people in, in the workplace. So um, that gives us a great chance to jump straight into, um, you know, our conversation that we're going to have here today, which is a, a really important one. You know, I think we're going to hit head on one of the, the first questions that, that I always find I struggle with. And Latonya, hoping that you can shed your like working version of this, the, the question is, you know, wh what is the definition of psychological safety? You know, I've heard a lot of different people talk about psychological safety and it, it, people tend to get really stuck on the word psychological in that phrase and or immediately attaching it to the emotional side of well-being in the workplace, which it is. I mean, that's part of it, but um, maybe help us just understand, like, what's your working version of, of what psychological safety is? Yeah, I love that question because, you know, today I was reflecting on many different things that we talk about in the workplace that are, are prominent things that we talk about in the workplace. For example, we might talk about belonging and what that means, or we might talk about inclusion, what that means, and all these other things. But one thing you'll notice is that as more and more people kind of capture those ideas and accept those ideas the definitions kind of are fluid, which is pretty amazing. You know, it's like I used to work at the Geese Culture Business at the University of Illinois and just being around researchers that kind of research these concepts and bring them to life. And then other people kind of add in more and more to it. And so with that, I will say is the, the original definition was being able to speak up, 
without repercussions at work, right? And so it's being able to make mistakes without punishment at work. But what what's happened is that this is even expanded. And Amy Edmondson wrote the foreword of my book, who, and she also kind of started a lot of the research, the most well-known research in psychological safety. And she had even admitted that it was starting to expand and, and apply to different things. And the one thing that it's starting to apply to more is inclusion, right? Inclusion and belonging. And so with that, how has it evolved? Well, it's evolved in that it's now it's being able to bring your whole self to work without repercussions. Because, you know, you as an individual, if you're different, the way you interact may inherently be a mistake, right? And so it, it's kind of kind of gone out and broadened to apply to many different things, being able to feel safe, expressing your real self at work. And that could be, for example, being able to say something that you did over the weekend, even though your boss may not know what that is, but feeling safe enough to tell them, and they're not going to judge you, right? And so that's basically what psychological safety means, how it started and how it's evolved. Yeah. I really like the, you know, that you focused on the, like the fluid nature of this, because I I think that you do have to have adaptive definitions that can help us use this concept in different types of scenarios. But one thing that Jeff and I were talking about was the bit of a misuse of psychological safety. And, you know, Jeff, you framed it as people playing the safety card, right? And, And how that leads us into a different understanding of what psychological safety is. So maybe elaborate a bit, Jeff, on, on you know, what your thoughts are on that side of things. Yeah, it's interesting because I think as the term becomes more prevalent and it's being used more in business, and if there isn't as much understanding on what it actually means, great that it's fluid, but do we all have a shared concept for it in our culture, whatever business culture we're operating in. I feel like the word safety is the one that really gets pulled out, right? I don't feel safe or something's happened in an interaction and now you've made me not feel safe. And so the safety card gets pulled. I'm using that term like that just to say like, look, someone's identified they're not feeling safe in the moment. And I think what happens when we don't know how to navigate that situation is the other individual or individuals don't know how to respond into that. And so I'm interested, Latanya, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do we get a shared definition so that actually we know what we mean when we say that? Right. I don't feel safe right now because it's great that someone can navigate that and to, to frame that for themselves. But are they framing it in the right way as it's intended? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I with those, I always come back to the, the root definition and that I, I stated earlier. It's being able to speak up without repercussions or punishment and being able to make mistakes without, you know, ridicule or punishment. So those are the two that I always come back to. The reason why I think you're seeing this kind of spin out of control is, yeah, things get misunderstood. The reason why it also does apply to inclusion, though, is, you know, sometimes, again, if someone is diverse on their team and they're different from other people, just their inherent way of being is a mistake, right? It's a mistaken way or the wrong way to do something, right? And so that's why it applies to that. But I see where you're going as this ends up being more applied more and more across the board, there's gonna be misunderstandings 
and people are going to think it's synonymous with with like safe spaces, which is, you know, it's a different thing, right? It, it's different from psychological safety. Yeah, or even that, you know, if you're working in a creative environment and there's a critique of your work or something, that isn't a critique of your person, right? And so how do we, how do we understand that actually it's about who you are, not the work that you've done as well, right? How do we create environments where we can actually openly challenge each other in a way that makes everyone feel good? That doesn't mean actually I'm challenging you as a person. Actually, we're challenging ideas, we're challenging concepts that have to do with the work output we're doing. And I feel like I've seen that from, especially from the executives that I work with, where they're like, geez, you know, this conversation's come up and I now I don't feel, I don't feel safe as an executive to even challenge someone or give feedback in a way that allows them to, to grow. I'm not challenging who they are as an individual. I'm actually just trying to understand how we can get their work to be of a different quality or get them to show up maybe in a different way in, in, in the office. And so it's, yeah, it's an interesting quagmire, isn't it? It's when we don't have that shared understanding of the concept, how are we starting to pull it apart in, in ways that actually don't allow us to center gravity around what we actually mean by it? That is so important. And I, I actually, just right before our, our time together, I was coaching a team on this. And it's what's interesting is the theme has been, well, we know what these are, and we know what these term what this term means, but we're just not, we're just, we just haven't gotten where we want to as a team as this. And this was like an executive team, right? They're like, I think we're okay with our teams that report into us, but the way we treat each other. And so to, to your point, Jeff, there are, you know, Amy Edmondson in her original research, she lists like seven items that, you know, show that an environment psychologically safe. You know, I, I've also listed these out, but it's, what's important is that you get your team together to discuss this, right? Like first have them reflect on what that means individually to them. And then you define, you create those rituals, you create those norms as a team around that. And that's where the common language, I think, really needs to come through. I don't think it's as risky when it's out there and someone's like, okay, I feel unsafe. Like they use a the wrong term here and there. What, where it really gets dicey is when the team doesn't have common language around it and they're going around, you know, abusing the term and then it, it waters it down. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So that's, that brings me to a question, Latanya, around like how do you actually start that conversation with a group of leaders to set that common language and to set the expectation for what this would look like in practice when you're working day to day, having conversations, delivering project work, delivering feedback, like what's the starting yeah. point? Cause I, I find that that is the sticking point for a lot of people is that I think people are starting to welcome the psychological safety idea, but they don't know how to do it. Like, how do you create psychological safety? Like that's where it really gets hard. Yeah. So I think that's, it's, it's hard to do. And I think that you first, you have to know what it is. So read up on it, understand what it is, know and understand, help your team know and understand what it is. So first there's gotta be a common understanding around what the heck this, this actually is. Then after that, and we talk about this a lot, change coaches, it's all about the structures and systems, right? Having structures around how you bring psychological safety 
into your everyday team interactions. So what does that mean? Again, one of the activities I often have people do, they tell, they, they tell us individually what makes them feel psychologically safe. We collectively define that as a team. And then we create some sort of norm where every meeting starts off with, you know, five minutes of setting the space and psychological safety, right? Or you could even do after every meeting, set, you know, asking the team how safe they felt. So you really have to create structures and systems. They may not look exactly like the example I just gave you, but the point is, is it's got to be structured into how you have meetings, right? How you have interactions, all of those things. If you're having one-on-one -on -one meetings, setting the space. Um, what's interesting is we talk about all this stuff. Leaders love it. They're like, oh my gosh, this makes me feel good. I think it's great. But the first thing that they always challenge me on is like, my gosh, well, Tanya, do you know how busy I am? You know, how busy we are trying to get our product out the door with all these clients. Like, and you expect me to put this in my schedule? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, but see, if you are one of those people thinking that, then you're never going to achieve psychological safety because that's what it takes. It's beyond reading the book and like, oh my gosh, I did that today on my team. It's creating the structures and systems around that. It feels like people don't understand that that's what gets them to great team performance, right? Like, we, like if we can't calibrate as a team and untrust each other and feel that we can bring everything we've got, how can we deliver our greatest creative work, right? And I feel like leaders sometimes miss that bit, like all of that stuff that feels like it's taking up too much time. That's the thing that unleashes true genius in the team dynamic. And almost like if we spend 80% of our time just building our trust and connection with each other so that we did feel safe, that 20% that we can then deliver on is going to be the best 20% we've ever had. And I just don't get why they just don't get that. <laughs> right, right. So there's there's also like DEI research that and it kind of relates to this adjacently, but it's like people don't like being told what to do but it's almost like, it's like creating just general rituals, habits, whatever you want to call it on your team. So, I mean, it's a lot easier to go into a new team meeting and know exactly what you're going to do, right? They can know exactly how that's going to be laid out instead of going in and everything's off schedule. No one's treating each other. Why people aren't talking, you know, someone's dominating. And so you have to have structures in order to do that, but finding the right balance of, how rigid those are. I think the other thing for me that is a difficulty here ar around how receptive leaders are to this is this feeling that DEI is, is really hard to establish and accomplish and to build into the way of being within an organization. And I feel like there is a way for us to actually help leaders understand that there's a style of psychological safety that actually already has inclusion and belonging and diversity included in it. So it's not like these two different things that they've suddenly got to now structurally map into their organization. It's actually one way of being that unlocks the types of things that you were talking about, Jeff. So uh, Latonya, let's maybe step into, like, I'd really love to understand from your side of things and what you're seeing in the world right now, how do we help leaders not see these things as two separate things? Because as I'm imagining, your position on it is, is that they're actually quite meshed into each other. 
So tell us your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. This is such a great topic that I talk, I talk about this a lot. So there are, there's this whole thing that I talk about in Leading Below the Surface called, that I call the dominant leadership standard. And it's, it's basically the skills that you, we were taught in business school that were taught in organizations are, are outdated, right? The workplace has changed faster than leadership science has, right? So for example, you know, competition over collaboration. There are still many organizations that are like, we gotta be competitive, but think about it. The number one thing employees want these days is belonging. So does competition really fit into that? And we couldn't have said that even like five years ago, right? And so we have to challenge the traditional leadership archetypes that were put out there. Not only is it, do they not keep up with the world? They don't keep up with our populations. Like in, in, in Leading Below the Surface, I talk about how different types of leaders lead differently. So LGBTQ leaders might lead differently. There's been some anecdotal research out there. Black women, there's been research on that, like how they might value different things in leadership. So those are just a couple of groups that I've, I've seen this with. And so how do you do this? Well, you got to reinvent yourself as a leader and how you see this. That's like similar to saying, you know, leadership is separate from diversity and inclusion. It's all the same. That's why I talk about below the surface leadership. It's all there. This is how we have to be every day. And so, no, it's not separate. Actually, it's the biggest, one of the biggest priorities when you look at it and you see great resignation research saying belonging, caring teammates, supportive manager, top three things employees want. And that's why they left, right? Because they don't have those things. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that really ties into, Jeff, the other thing we were talking about is like why psychological safety is so prevalent as a concept right now. And I think it has come about because of this shift that is taking place where, and I mean, the, the pandemic helped us with that. Obviously, we know what's happened in the last two years, but like we've really been pushed into not accepting the status quo anymore of leadership types, ways of operating, ways of being as workers in workplaces where you have the opportunity not to be in an office. And the things that we need to be focusing on now as leaders have changed. And so, you know, I, I just wonder, like, how are we going to scale this? Like, how are we going to continue to, you know, keep it present keep the momentum going and not just reverting back into the old ways of being. I think like Latanya says, that's the trajectory. Like the, a body in motion tends to stay in motion. That's the way that work is heading. And I think it's not just because of the pandemic. I think a lot of this trend, and I don't say that in a flippant way, but the, the shift that we're starting to see has been happening for quite a long time. And we could say, okay, look, we had millennials coming into the workforce. Was it that? We had the shift away from manufacturing economy into more of a creative economy or, or around more about human capital. So we're, it's about people coming together to do work in different ways and having work mean something differently now, mm. right? And it doesn't mean something different for everyone. I think that's the other thing we have to remember is we still have lots of manufacturing structures out there that still work in traditional hierarchies where you can come to 
work and get bullied and you just worry that you're going to have a job by the end of the day. And those places where we'd love to see more safety or more inclusion and more belonging. And I think those are the places where I am very passionate about seeing a, in a, a shift. But the dominant narrative that we hear around this, at least that I pick up on, is in the now traditional tech structures or the now traditional corporate structures where that where we're seeing more of this come through. And it's, it's interesting what you said, Tanya, about like, the, the way work is developing is going faster than the way OD or traditional practice is going. So we've got to catch up, don't we? So the, the learning curve for leaders is exponential. So if you're an executive or a leader or just anyone supporting people in business right now, you've got some work to do. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting talking about OD and, you know, there's also data with business schools, like, and the books that they're teaching were the same books <laughs> that were out and when I was in business school. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is, again, we're just not caught up. It's, it's, uh, you know, once in a while, I'll get invited to, to speak to different business students that are, that are actually up with this stuff, but it's, it's more the exception rather than the rule. It's like rolling out the flat earth manual, isn't it? <laughs> like, right, here's right. your MBA, we flat earthers. Right. Like things have shifted. And so, so that's really interesting. So those that are going through business school today, they're not learning or unlearning what they need to do in order to step in. And so are we, are we hitting a bit of a paradox, Latonya? Do we feel like, how are we going to catch up? What can we do to get leaders to, to go on the boot camp? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's hard because it's you if you're listening to this podcast, you might be a leader that's like, yes, with everything we're saying. It's funny, somebody emailed me and they're like, Every, after everything you said, I was like, Amen, hallelujah. <laughs> so maybe you're doing that. And I was like just thinking of my I was visualizing this person in my head, even though I never met them, but it was really funny when she said that. But you might be that person that's just like, Yes, this is exactly, but you might work in an organization where the structures and, and systems are, are not in place. And so what, what I would say is just really become more coach-like and just that's, the, that's one step everyone can take. And what that means is, you know, listening less than you talk and, you know, asking more powerful questions and just kind of connecting with your employees and, and then using the coaching and what you learn from that as your compass. Like that is like the easiest step that you can take. And that compass will lead you to a lot of the things we're saying, right? The conversation, for example, you might have, you know, I live in Chicago. We had a huge like mass shooting, just what, 15 miles from my house. And we have a lot of clients in this area. So it was, it was a terrible thing. And, you know, it was just with leaders going in and just, just saying, Hey, how are you feeling today? Let's do a mental health check. And, and just bringing those little things in, like, like that listening ear, that empathetic ear, but just starting there and letting, just accepting the fact that your employees should be informing your roadmap for a leader. Again, your employees should be informing your roadmap as a leader, not you, because your role as a leader is to make them successful and to remove the barriers for them. So that's how you can get started. Obviously, continue going down the road, but if you could just start there, that's going to help you shift. 
That sounds like something really important to land. Hey, like your role as a leader is a little bit different now. And if your role as a leader is to, is to support your team to be the best it can be. And that starts with listening. What a, what a simple yet difficult place to step into, but what a really clear role for people just to know that's what it's all about now. That's what I've got to do. Yeah. I think it's really important that we've, we've isolated that and we've, we've identified that things have changed for leaders, but I think conversely, I, I think that more than ever before, employees and individuals in organizations have a role to play as well to be creating psychological safety. And it is something that you can do as an individual. You don't have to wait for the structure to be there and the leadership to be there in order to create psychological safety. And in fact, you need to be an active participant, not a follower in the endeavor of creating the conditions in the environment. Now, I'm not excusing leaders and I'm not excusing the responsibility of organizations in making this change. But I, I think that it is important for us to identify and to celebrate the fact that employees have more power than ever before. So you can take action in an organization, even though you might feel powerless. So I don't know, what do you both think Absolutely. about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, we talk about the three different levels of power, like, you know, there's individual team and organizational level, and everybody has the individual level that they can make change and cre create change around. And that might be, you know, taking an article to your team, or that might mean, you know, just observing it, the team and saying, hey, here's some things that I'm seeing as I'm observing things that we could be doing better just to hear each other better. And it doesn't even have to be something that's critical, right? It could just be like, hey, I'm, you know, I've been thinking about some of this stuff and how we can, how we can be more productive and some of these things we might not think about. So yes, I, I agree. I really like what you said before as well around at the end of a meeting or something, how do we do? Like, can we check in? And I think that's a really strong space of action for everyone in a team to be able to say, you know, how did I do today? Did I, was I listening to curiosity? Did I hold any judgment at any point during the time today? And, and the more we show up to that, the safer the team dynamic can be because it creates the norms that Latanya shared earlier and reinforces those. And I, and I totally agree with you, Bev. I think that it isn't everyone's gift to show up to psychological safety and equity and inclusion within business. And I, I often feel like unless the leaders sort of shine a light on that, it kind of defers back to leadership, doesn't it? And so Latanya, I really like your, your trinity of, of systems, right? I've got the me and then the, we've got the we as a team and then the us as the company. And unless those three levels are in alignment, it does kind of feel a bit funky, right? Like something could be out of whack in one of the three, which throws us off either the safety space or the belonging space or the inclusion space. Have you noticed that before, Latonia? Is it, is it if one's out of whack, we all, the, our orbit is off center? So safety, you mean the safety, belonging and inclusion? Like yeah. Or within one. that within that system of the me, the we of the team, and the us as the business, can can if one of those is out of kilter. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's the individual. Each individual kind of you know rolls up to the team, right, and is 
is in addition to that team, right? And so a lot of times it's, you know, one leader even said to me recently, they were like, well, if I try to ask every single person on my team, I can't accommodate them. But it's not even that. It's like asking them, hearing them, and then from there, starting there to build a common team language, right? And so usually that's out of sync in that we're not asking that because we're afraid that what we get, we're not going to be able to do. And so don't be afraid of that. Just that goes back to, again, dominant leadership standard where leaders have to just solve everything on the spot. You don't have to do that. That's not, that's not even realistic anymore. Like, I don't even know where that came from, but it's, uh, yeah, just, just understanding that and then making the common language as a team. The organization is the hardest thing to get. So I always tell people, if you can get it at the team level, then you're doing, you're doing something right. Like you're 80% of the road there. The organizational level is a lot harder. Yeah. And I think from what I've seen, a lot of companies or leaders are viewing this as not necessarily part of their DNA and how they show up every day and the way that they, they act and the way that they relate to each other. But it's, it's more of this campaign style mindset still with this is something that we've got to put on as a workshop or do as a thing, and then it'll all be okay. So I, I think the shift that we need to see happening is exactly what you were just speaking to, Latanya, is around this, like, just focus in on how you, how you are together as a team. And thinking about that as part of your day-to-day habits and rituals and the character of how you come together less so about it being this big thing that you've just got to bolt on and, you know, fix your, you know, what's wrong in your organization. Yeah. Focus on the things you can control. Right. And like the things right in front of you, it's so funny because a lot of times, ironically, we focus like on the big thing and then we ignore the little things. Right. And it's like, okay, well, do you see that the house is burning down here, but you're looking down the street. Right. And so it's, it's what is in front of me, what, First of all, what can I control? What's in my span of control? And, you know, what do I want to change? And again, and I talk about this a lot as well in Leading Below the Surface, but it's like starting with the individual level. What can you change about yourself? Like sometimes we have to change things about ourselves. I don't like it either, but you might hate a job. And you got to change, you got to change either the situation. I mean, I think that's an old saying. I think it was Maya Angelou. Change the situation or change the way you think. There's, you got two roads. What you going to do, you know? And so you have to change the way you think about it or one of those two. And if you are a team, you, you actually, there's a, what's really cool about teams is collectively you can do whatever you want. You can make that team, you know, as wonderful as you want and as engaging as you want. And a lot of times people leave that out. Like they're expecting someone to do it for them, but guess what? You are part of this team. You're part of this collective piece. And so just keep that in mind. And, th- and that's where a lot of like even psychological safety, when it first was kind of amplified by Google and they started talking about this, it's it's really about, it's really a team concept, right? It's not an individual concept, it's a team concept. So applying these to your team, again, thinking about it like first on the individual level, it's in your span of control there, and then the team level and what's in your, in your span of control there. Awesome. Jeff, last thoughts, questions, musings on the topic. I'm struck by what we were just talking about around on the team level. And I think if what what's 
percolating in my mind now is how do we start to see that sense of, of almost safety and creative unleashing as one thing within a team dynamic. And Latanya, I'm curious about the connection there, because you mentioned Google, and I believe that the Google research around psychological safety was a little bit about how do we collaborate with the team to get our best ideas and innovation out. Do you feel like there's a bridge that we can start to build with leaders around like when we can create these norms of safety in our business, at the team level, we can unleash new forms of potential and innovation within the business that's really beneficial for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if this answers your question, but I think one of the one of the nuggets here that I'll share is like when you ask people about their organizational culture and what they like about the culture and what they don't like about the culture, it's really about the team, right? They're really describing what they're seeing in their team on a day-to-day basis. They're not describing what like all these things they don't see. I mean, if it's things like values and things on the website, whatever, but it's usually about their day-to-day interactions. Like I talked about manager, caring teammates. And so absolutely. I mean, if you are with that, you know, if you're asking employees, you know, if they feel like they, they can be creative at work and, and they're not feeling that way in their team, they're not, they're definitely not going to feel that way about their organization. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is where this, this is where it happens, right? This is where yeah. you have to create that safe environment or that psychologically safe environment. So people can do this, so they can make mistakes. So, you know, in some, some companies and even say, I don't even like the word mistakes. Okay. So they can be creative, you know, just take that out of your vocabulary, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, teams are where the eggs hatch, right? That's, that's where everything happens. Yeah. And we, I mean, within, we've always said that we think that work should be a place where people love who they are and what they do. And I think to me, that really sort of encompasses the idea of psychological safety. Like you can come here, you can be your 100% true human being, beautiful self and come and do something that you're passionate about and get to unleash the potential that's inside of you. And that should apply to any company. It should be the place, you know, work should be something that we enjoy doing. And I, I feel like that the trend that we talked about earlier around work changing and leadership changing and people changing means that if we start to see work differently and the team structure differently, I think from an executive who cares about their business growing to an individual who just wants to do a great job, all of those things can really come together in a powerful way. And I, and I do wonder sometimes if, you know, these notions of the, the phrasing around things like psychological safety kind of diminishes the power of that idea. And to our earlier point, it's, it becomes a label that's washed over something as opposed to just like, can we come here and be who we are and do a great, do a great job? That's what, what we should all strive for. Absolutely. Fabulous. Well, on that note, we're going to start wrapping it up. Thank you, Latonya. We usually end our conversations with a lightning round to get to know our guests oh, a little no. bit better. So Surprises. I'm going right. to spring this on you. If you, if you really don't that. want to do this, you don't have to do it. Just so everybody knows, I was not, I was not told this. So if I'm clumsy, <laughs> that's why. Blame Jeff. <laughs> We did not create psychological safety and you, you know, to feel like you could take a risk in this moment, or maybe we did, maybe this is a, you know, this will be a good test of whether there's psychological safety here. So how about it? Are you you keen for the lightning round? 
Yeah, okay. let's do it. All right, here we go. What three words would you use to describe the workplace culture you'd like to lead? Oh, gosh. Um, empathetic, of course. Uh, psychologically safe. And the third would be creative. Cool. What three words would you use to define the future of work? Uh, complex, emotional, and diverse. Okay. Which one quality is your superpower or strength? I'm a great listener. I get that a lot. And which quality is your area of development or stretch? I would say that, okay, I would say saying no to things that are like just emphatically saying no to things that are clearly against my values. That would be an area that I need to just and don't even feel bad anymore. Just no, and just have this sense of just like, yes, I did that. Yeah. Okay. What is your most treasured spot outside of work? Oh gosh, I would say anywhere in in the woods, probably with some mountains. Uh, we love Big Sur, so it's a place in California. So my partner's from there. Yeah, so that's where that's where I would say, yeah, just being out there, being with nature, hiking. Yeah, beautiful. I just drove past there on my way down to San Diego. Gorgeous part of the world. Is there a person or brand you'd like to shine a light on today? Yeah, I mean, I, I in memory, and I talk about some of you that probably heard me speak, I talk about my grandma, Ruthie, a lot. And, you know, this week we launched our Change Coaches website and it's just so different. And it's, I'm just so amazed by what we've been able to do. And it's it's all attributed to her. She kind of, she kind of taught me how to lead below the surface. And then- you know, I was always looking at her and I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Like, grandma, you need to be leading these organizations. Like what's up with these people? And so, yes, I always want to shine a light on her. Beautiful. Last question. If you had to pick one song that represented who you are as a leader, what would it be? And can you sing it for us now? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do the singing part. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so there, I would say there is a song that I kind of liked, and I can't remember his last name, but it's uh, it's called Made Away, and his name, his, his first name is Bobby, and now I'm forgetting his last name, but he's great. So I, I think Emily's looking it up for me, but he also- Bobby Sessions. Bobby Sessions, yeah, so he's great. So I love that song, and it's all about making a way, paving the way forward. Yeah, like making it happen, which is what we have to do, right? Like you have to make it happen. That's a spot on for our conversation today. And um, yeah, just thank you for rising to the challenge of the lightning round, Latanya. I did, I did okay, uh, right? I mean, I think great. You did, you did got great. Eight out of ten, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's no scoring, but yeah. Thank you for the help. Too. <laughs> I'm really like. That was a big save. It was like a lifeline. I can install. <laughs> it's just <Got> <laughs> there's always got to be a little bit of room for stretch and improvement, right? Uh, so right. yeah, 
<laughs> Very psychologically safe crew here today. So yeah, we are really embracing accepting each other, failing, making mistakes, lots and of room. Mercury for- in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh no. well, thanks so much Latanya, and thanks Jeff for joining us in this conversation and thanks for listening everyone we hope you've enjoyed learning with us about the work that Latanya is doing and the importance of psychological safety and more importantly its connection into DEI and certainly encourage you to grab Latanya's book Leading Below the Surface check out the New Change Coaches website I was just on there this morning and it's a super duper beautiful resource and place to go and if you would like to get in touch with Latanya I'm sure that all of her contact deets are on that website for you to go check out. So tune into our podcast every other week for more episodes on what's happening in the culture and leadership space, what's on the minds of leaders like Latonia, who are committed to change in our community and other future work content that you crave. Reimagining Work From Within is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. So reach out, keep listening, and thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Bev. Thanks, Bev. Great job. Thanks, everybody.